You're listening to the Carterville Church Life Podcast. I love our church family, and I hope that you do too. Our goal is that the episodes of this podcast would keep us connected and focused while we're scattered for our week on missions together. I hope that you're blessed by what you hear today. Hey, church family, welcome back to the podcast. I am so glad that you're here. Today's podcast is going to be excellent for me. It's a great chance for you to hear a testimony about what God has been up to. So my guest on the podcast today is my friend Robert McCurdy. Robert is a part of my Sunday school ministry. He's part of the worship team for Celebrate Recovery. He's faithful to us on Sundays and in so many other ways. Robert, it has been a pleasure to welcome you to the church, to get to know you, to watch you grow in Jesus. And today, it's a pleasure to get to hear your testimony. You've shared some things in the past with us, but thank you for making time today to share your story. So. Uh, Robert, you shared your testimony with the Celebrate Recovery Ministry a couple of days ago, and you know, just a lot of people were impacted by that, and it was important for me that the rest of the church got to hear the good things that God has done in your life. So thanks for making that possible today, Robert. Oh, yes, sir. I, I, it's my honor to do that, sir. Well, thanks for sharing. So, Robert, why don't you tell us, tell us what God's done in your life? Oh, well, it's just been, it's been an awesome journey. It's uh, he's helped restore situations back home with my family, things that I'm still working on. Uh, you know, with my wife, you know, causing trouble and just messing things up for so many years. You know, it's a lot of trust issues, but it's getting better. It's getting better with her, and just uh, I think it, it was God actually led me to Hattiesburg. You know, after. I get to think about it, praying about it. It's it's been, in a, like I said, it's been a good journey. Just renewing my faith more and more every day. Good godly people in my life. Um, you, brother Ben, pork chops been a blessing to me, and Sean, Matt, just different ones in the church that have have approached me and just let me know that. They pray for me and care about me. That's that's been a real blessing. Well, Robert, I can tell you this. You have been as big an encouragement to me as I could have possibly been to you. So thank you for saying that. Uh, I'm thankful for all the people God's using in your life in the church and the Celebrate Recovery Ministry and the house. And uh, thankful for the disciple makers God's bringing. But man, I'm super thankful for you. And why don't you share with us, uh, just I know that in Celebrate Recovery, you guys do a great job framing up your testimony, exploring what God's done. You've worked hard to put this together. So man, we're all ears. We'd love to hear how God's redeeming your life. Thanks, sir. Uh, my name is Robert McCurdy. I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ. I struggled with a meth addiction for, addiction for 20 years. I was born and raised in a small community in Scott County, Mississippi. My dad was a disabled veteran who fought in World War II. My mother worked in a poultry plant a few years and in a glove manufacturing plant a few years before retiring. My sister Joanne was already married and away from home when I was born, so I practically grew up an only child. I don't recall my parents ever arguing or fighting. They always seemed to be calm and happy most of the time. I knew they were good Christian parents. We went to church every Sunday. I grew up going to a small Methodist church 
and I was baptized at a really young age, more from peer pressure than anything. And I remember the older members of the church pushing me. One of these members being my uncle, who at the time was probably the best example of a Christian man I had in my life. But besides their admiration, I don't recall anything being different after that ex this experience. No real heart change or aha moment. My personal relationship with God felt this way for the majority of my life. Short moments happening few and far between, but wanting to please Him out of obligation. I was in the ninth grade when my dad passed away. My uncle again played an important role in my life. He was as close of a father figure, figure as I had at this point, that point. I remember he took me hunting and fishing. He taught me how to drive the tractor, pretty much everything a good country boy needs to know. Unfortunately, the one thing I needed someone to teach me was how to be a Christian boy, a Christian man. This lack of understanding of what Jesus was supposed to be in my life had a lot to do with my undoing later in life when I needed him most. In school, I started getting a little rowdy. One night I went out with a buddy of mine. I came home about 15 minutes past curfew. This was my first time to drink beer came home drunk. My mother was sitting in a rocking chair with her Bible in her lap. She had a talk with me, read a few Bible verses, and prayed for me. The second time I came home drunk, she had moved her hanging plants and coffee table. Well, of course, I hit my head on the plants and tripped over the table. And she got up with her Bible in hand, and we talked again, and she read verses again and prayed for me again. This ended my drinking for a few years. I went to college, completed a trade course in auto body repair. My first public job was actually working at the Mississippi Agriculture and Forestry Museum in Jackson. I worked in restoration, restoring old tractors, crop dusters, rebuilding cabins and other old items that were on display. While working here, I met a young lady that would become my first wife. And we were married at age 20. We had a rocky relationship that lasted four years. We had a beautiful daughter while we were together. We divorced, and within a year, I met my second wife, Sharon. We moved to Pearl. I worked at a seat metal fab shop and was on maintenance at the apartment complex we lived in. Our son was born while we lived there, but we soon moved to South Carolina. I worked in South Carolina. I enjoyed South, everything there was good. It was a good, things were pretty good. I worked at a plant for six years, making plastic pipe until we moved back to Mississippi due to a family illness. Drug use didn't start at this time, but it soon followed. I started working another sheet metal and electric company and we worked out of state all the time. It was good money, but I was gone from home a lot. This is when everything started going downhill. 
Most every man was using meth for it in the hours we had to work on poultry plant shutdowns and this was the start of my drug use. That was spiraled out of control for the next 20 years. Fighting with my wife, lying, the infidelities, power being turned off, water being turned off. No food time and time again because I chose meth over everything. Meth was the God I chose and I was more than willing to be baptized in it. But similar to being baptized as a young kid, I didn't truly know what I was getting into. I chose it over family, friends, and all my loved ones. I worshiped it as an idol every day. This false God brought me to an addiction that created constant chaos, constant fighting with my wife, constant yelling at each other, and even some physical confrontation. I was so blind, To reality, I didn't know just how far I'd fallen and how bad I had failed as a husband and a father. I couldn't see it. With my son, it was brutal because he was also on dope, and I think half the time we were fighting because we each wanted all the meth for ourselves. Looking back now, I can't believe this is who I was. To make sure you didn't miss that last statement, I was fighting with my son because I wanted his meth for myself. I wasn't fighting with him because he was on meth. I was fighting with him because I wanted more and he had it. The night that would lead to a complete life change, I can remember like it happened five minutes ago. I was home, power off, water off, No food, had a bad fight with my wife and son. I remember being so angry, I remember feeling so out of control. I remember feeling so tired of this way of life. I remember thinking I had nothing, no relationship with my wife, no relationship with my son. I had nothing, nothing but dope and a knife. I threw my keys in the car and I walked to an old barn close to our property. The barn was so overgrown you probably couldn't see it just driving by. I crawled through weeds and briars to make it in. It's crazy to think what I was willing to go through to make it inside that barn compared to what I wasn't willing to walk through for my family. I didn't have a thought about the state of that old barn. I didn't care if it was about to fall in. I didn't care if I could get out, if it did. I think I probably hoped it would. I sat down in a pile of straw, exhausted, completely done. In that moment, I finally saw just who I was, an addict. In that moment, I finally saw what my life was, a failure. In that moment, I finally saw what my family was broken. I was a monster who had destroyed everything I touched. I smoked every last bit of dope I had, trusting it would deaden the pain of my guilt and hopefully the knife. 
But then God, it's crazy to think about how many things happened after those three words. Then God said, no. Then God said, not now. Then God said, this is not who you're meant to be. And then God said, I'm not done with your story. Then God became real, real to a boy, real to this man. I can't tell you if his voice was audible, for at the time I was high, but I can tell you I heard him. I never knew the eight mile walk to Embrace Church in Forest, Mississippi was the beginning of my recovery. Heck, I never even knew I could walk eight miles. That night, that eight miles, was the beginning of my journey into a new life. Romans 6, 4 says, Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father. Even so, we should walk in the newness of life. God brought me to Embrace Church around 8 in the morning where I met Brother Andy Bowl and Brother Gary Pettigrew. I can't thank them enough for being God's guiding hand in my recovery, but they brought me to Righteous Oaks. This was the beginning of my new life and a new me in Christ. Brother Dave, Sister Juanita, Jim Pickett, all played a part in me seeking and finding God and accepting Him back in my life more and stronger than ever. Righteous Oaks introduced me further to the God in that barn. A God that loves me unconditionally but wants better for me. I spent a lot of nights walking into the chapel by myself praying to God not just for grace but for the understanding of what that grace means to me. You learn a lot about yourself in recovery and a lot, not a lot of it's good. I remember those nights in the chapel of God where God ministered mercy and peace to a broken man. I would spend the days coming face to face with the clarity of who I'd been. And I'd spend those nights coming face to face with his forgiveness. I learned what it means also to have true friendship and accountability from other men of God. Not perfect men, but men striving to be better. For the first time in my life, I had a group of men that weren't pushing me to go through the motions of Christianity, but to live out my Christianity. I was baptized there at Righteous Oaks because I wanted honor my Savior and King, not men. Although I experienced life-altering change during my six months at Righteous Oaks, I was not ready to go home. A lifetime of bad decisions and failings could not be completely undone overnight, and believe me, there were lots of, lots of failings. The trust I had broken with my wife would take time to even begin to heal, and it was something neither her nor I were ready to face at that time. I chose to come to Wilderness Refuge. Patrick Ezel accepted me, and I didn't know just what was in store for me and the impact it was going to have on my life and the changes that were going to take place. I have been, <coughs> I have truly been blessed by Carterville Church, Brother Ben, and the love and acceptance from everyone. 
and trying and wanting to get involved more thanks to Celebrate Recovery. Sean Hampton and Matt Garringer have been an inspiration to me. God has placed them in my life to help me stay focused and on a path to God. I am now finding empathy for others. My brothers at the house and I are part of Celebrate Recovery. Playing in the worship band and helping lead a small group has made me able to express myself, listen, and truly love people I know and don't know because it all comes from God. I'm still working on my relationship with my wife and family. It's getting better, but it's just going to take time, patience, and a whole lot of God. I haven't had a lot of hope for the restoration of my family in the past. I haven't really known much hope at all. But a scripture verse I've come to appreciate and lean on, Romans 5.3. Now hope does not disappoint, because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts and the Holy Spirit was given to us. It's this hope that I hold on to today. Brother Sean says these rooms of recovery are filled with people who have hope to lend. Tomorrow I may need to borrow some hope from you, but today I have hope to share. This is probably one of the scariest things I've done here tonight, and I thank everyone for listening to a sinner speak of on his road to redemption. I'd like to leave you with one last thought. If I've learned anything from this journey over the last couple of years, it is this. We must learn to open up and be vulnerable. It is not good for man to be alone, for the devil loves secret struggles. Thank you. Robert, wow. Thank you for sharing that. I know you shared it uh, at Celebrate Recovery um, last Sunday night. Thank you for sharing it with our church family today, man. Uh, a couple of points of contact. You know, you walked eight miles that night to Embrace Church. And some of our church family won't know this, but uh, Andy Boyles, the pastor there, is a, a friend of mine, and he married a Carterville girl. He married, uh, he married a Grissom, and uh, she grew up. She grew up at Carterville. She's been a blessing to me and to our church family. A lot of folks remember her daddy, Bruce Grissom. But uh, anyway, that's just a, a neat connection to me, just to see how God's working all over, all over the state. Robert, it's awesome to get to hear what God's done in your life. I know you've been through a lot to be there. I love the hope that you're holding on to in Jesus, and I look forward to seeing him complete the process of your redemption, man. Put, put all the puzzle pieces back together. So thank you for sharing today, and I hope that your testimony gives everybody something to hold on tight to as they see how God worked in your life and how God is working in people's lives right now. Well, thank you, Brother Ben. Thank you for giving me the opportunity. Well, appreciate you, Robert. Thanks a lot. Church family, God bless. Thanks for tuning into the podcast today. I guarantee that this episode has given you some hope. So God bless you.